up everything. The Blues are on a winning streak. Alex Steen is hurt, and they traded Robbie Fabry. That's what. We don't have time. We gotta go. Let's get started, and let's go, Blues. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, November 7th, and we are here someplace. Where are we, Ian? I'm here with Ian Peters. Where are we? We are in Arvika, Sweden. I made the decision. That's how it's pronounced. (laughs) Hometown of Jacob Delarose, which we've also decided that's how it's pronounced. (laughs) Uh, Blues player that we will talk about shortly. Ian, how are you doing on this on this cold November night? It's Winter so has cold. come. This this is going to turn to a regular conversation. Is it supposed to be warmer this weekend? I think maybe a little, but okay. not like monumentally. Okay, because I'm already sick of basically the cold. we didn't get no fall. You yeah. just got an extended summer, and then it's winter. <laughs> yeah, last Friday, I or last Thursday evening, I spent the night at my parents' house because they live closer to Stevens than where I live. Non-disclosed. Non-disclosed. <laughs> it could be anywhere I'm falling. Anywhere. <laughs> right. But uh, there's a ginkgo tree they have out front. And when I woke up that morning to leave. It had frosted, and these leaves had not even turned yellow yet. Mm-hmm. And I have a video on my phone that I meant to show you. It's literally just raining leaves. It rains leaves for the two minutes I'm allowed to stand there before I have to leave to That's go awesome. somewhere. Like it just like kept raining leaves. I need to see that repeatedly. Anyway, so you it's cold now. Never will. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I watched autumn die that <laughs> day. Watched, <laughs> you watched away. all of autumn happen. <laughs> yeah, I literally watched it in two by. minutes. Like that episode of uh, Futurama where they keep traveling through yep. the Earth's timeline. That's what it was for mm. you. Just a so, very small dose of it. I hope you're all uh, ready for winter because it's here. It's here. You, you ain't got no time to prepare. Mm. You can put the kitty litter in your truck, but it's too damn late. You're screwed. Uh, and speaking of screwed... <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, this is we're gonna have some fun, mm-hmm. but this is a little sad. It's a yeah, little, it's bittersweet. Yeah, that's the word. It's like a dark chocolate. There's only a German word to describe this. But uh, Robbie Fabry, <laughs> former 2014 first round pick of the St. Louis Blues, mm, that sure. sounds right, uh, was traded at the very end of last night's game to the Detroit Red Wings for Jacob Delarose who is a Swedish person who's played for the Canadians and the Red Wings Mm -hmm. and now the Blues. Well, he hasn't played for them technically, but you know what I'm saying. So where do you want to start? Um, Where do we start with this? I think let's run through just some quotes. I mean, there's a lot to dissect, but at the same time, there's like nothing. Mm -hmm. Only because it's not like, and we we liked Robbie Fabry, but it's not like we just traded... Um, Jaden Schwartz or something. What does this mean for this team? Well, trading Robbie Fabry doesn't mean too much because <laughs> he was a scratch, pretty much. I don't even know how many how many games did he play for us this year? Um, like six. six? I know that was my Not guess. Like six. six. It can't even be six. So there's a lot to talk about because Robbie Fabry is, and we'll get to it, 
a well-liked player. He's a well-liked player in the locker room. Would you no, believe no, no, if no, I no. said nine? I wouldn't. That's an upside-down <laughs> six. 69, nice. No. Um, <laughs> just throw, throw that in there. See, we're lighthearted while talking about the Robbie We can have trade. fun. <laughs> but yeah, he's a what was a well-liked player in the locker room and a well-liked player by a lot of fans, so mm. I think there is a lot to react to, even if there's not much in terms of stats or what it means for the actual team. So that was my long-winded way of saying, let's read some quotes. Yeah, so I, I think I maybe lost a, a Barubi quote about Fabrian here somewhere. Um, because I failed, but, uh, maybe it's on Twitter somewhere. I'll look for it. But, uh, Jake Allen talked about losing Ravi Fabry in the immediate mm. aftermath of what we'll talk about was a, a pretty good though, a little up and down start for him. But, um, he said, yeah, it's unfortunate. Fabs has been with us now for quite some time and obviously been through a lot of adversity. He's a really talented kid. And I think that when he gets his fresh start, maybe he's going to find his game again. I wish him all the best. He was a big glue piece for this group, and guys love him. I lo- It's weird to think about how these guys have worked together for five years, even mm. though one of them is 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Barubi talked about he was asked if he knows Jacob Delarose. He responded, he's a big center or winger, Swedish player, smart hockey player, good skater. We'll see when he gets here. We'll take a look at him and see where he fits in. So clearly he doesn't know Why? Jacob Why Delarose. even say any of those yeah, things? Does that saying. ever happen to you? Someone ever been like, did you like the new Maleficent movie? And you're like, yeah, she's good. got horns. Yeah. And I mean, she was evil, but... Not anymore. But she's like likably right? evil. She's, like, yeah. <laughs> she's tall. We'll see what we get when we get I think her it here. was Angelina Jolie under yeah. there, <laughs> like, if I'm honest. I'm like, did you see it? Or... <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Armstrong was interviewed by the Post-Dispatch, and he told them that Ravi Fabry had requested a trade. We'll talk about that shortly. But he said, I asked him to be patient, and then he and I talked before the last road trip, and we said, if things don't change, I'll certainly look to see what I can do. You hadn't been looking, Doug? (laughs) Like like that's on the bottom of his list. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Robbie Fabry, you're on here somewhere. We all had that project at work that's been kicking around for three (laughs) months, and they're like, oh, I should do that. Fabs, I'm getting on it, I promise you. Tomorrow, buddy. Which is also disturbing because, like, that's how fast this trade came together. <laughs> but uh, our team was playing good and he wasn't getting on the ice, so I tried to help him out and we were able to find a good situation with Detroit. Took a little while to get it done, but I'm really happy for Robbie because it gives him a great opportunity. How could this have taken a little while <laughs> to get done? I mean, the call with Steve Eiserman must have taken three minutes, right? Yeah. Like, hey, Steve, you want Robbie Fabry? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. What do you want back? It's like, eh. Uh, Anthony Mantha, and they're like, go fuck yourself. And anyway, uh, <laughs> so, I think it was a fourth round pick. And they're like, Doug, we a little more respect for yourself. <laughs> and then he settled in the middle. Steve reins him back in, like, whoa, Doug. Doug, oh, come on, buddy. Don't you think you're taking yourself for a ride there a little bit? People <laughs> are going to start thinking I have pictures of this league. Uh, he went on to say he missed like a half year, then a full year. Yeah, that's how years work, Armstrong said, referring to knee injuries that required surgery. 
Uh, then he came back and he played 30 games. He needs to play. He's at that point. He's done unbelievable work in his rehab, but our team's been functioning well, and Craig goes with the group that has success. It's difficult for people to get in there, and he fell into that group, but not the group that he actually referred to. Mm -hmm. He fell into the group of people who couldn't get in there. But I understand that. I'm a big Robbie Fabry fan, and I told him that. I really wish him well. We have a lot of players, so for Robbie to get his opportunity, it's going to be very good. When he came here as a 19-year-old, we went to the Stanley Cup semifinals. Then we won the championship with him. So all my memories with Robbie Fabry are really positive. And I wish him nothing but the best, except that he hates him. <laughs> he couldn't wait to trade him. Um, so a lot of people upset about this, mm. I guess. And I think the the thing we need to emphasize here is Robbie Fabry wanted to be gone mm -hmm. from this team. And that's not necessarily pleasant but i understand it you know it, mm. it's not like hey fuck the blues i hate this organization it's not one of those it's not the i don't even have a good example on the tip of my tongue like the evander kane in buffalo like mm. i gotta get out of here sort of thing the ryan o'reilly in buffalo yeah. it's more of a you know it, like i'm not in a good situation where i can grow i'm a 23 year old player this is my chance to prove i deserve to make money in this league you know mm. And so he he wanted out, and I get that. He said, uh, apparently after being scratched on October 21st, he responded to some questions by saying, I just work here, which is not a very not a very pro-hockey player yeah. <laughs> way to respond to questions. Um, but then he talked about the trade, and he said, he just told me that it got traded, and we had a little chat uh, talking about Doug Armstrong, and that was about it, said Fabry, who was speaking from his hotel in Edmonton before his flight to Detroit on Thursday morning. Like, do you go back? You go back to the team hotel, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you still come like, with you. Oh, well. <laughs> See you guys. Uh, I've got nothing but respect for Army and the organization. Bringing me in was... Uh, when I was 18 and making me feel at home and giving me the chance to win the Stanley Cup with a great group. Everything he said meant a lot, and it was nice to hear those things on my way out. Mm -hmm. So, it's, I mean, it's an, super amicable. Yeah, it's an emotional time because Robbie Fabry was this kid who was like the future of the mm -hmm. Blues at one point. It's like nuts to think about how his career's changed. Right. So he was drafted in 2014. Deep in the first round, you know, 20th, 21st, somewhere in there. Not not like at the very back end, but pretty deep mm -hmm. in the first round. And a lot of people said, hey, this is might be a, a steal of a pick. And, you know, he, he then went on to have a really great season in Guelph. And I think maybe was like playoff MVP or scoring yeah. leader or something. He and Cairo both won the same thing, I'm pretty sure. And I can't he, remember. I think he looked really good in junior, yeah. like in the junior tournament too and everything. Oh, World well, Juniors, yeah. yeah. And it was just a year before he was up here at 19, mm. I guess. And then game. Same way Thomas. Yeah. Well, one year slower than Thomas. No, same, same no, as same Thomas, thing. I think. So, and then like he also was at game one. We played Connor McDavid in Connor McDavid's first game. People forget that. And then uh, yeah. Robbie Fabry. And they were good friends. Yeah, yeah. And we held McDavid scoreless. And mm -hmm. Robbie Fabry scored. I don't, it wasn't OT, but it was a game winning goal, mm -hmm. I think, or towards the end of the third or something like that. But he scored his first goal, and it was just like, holy crap, this kid's arrived. And then he said shit on a hot mic, and it was great, yeah. and we all loved him. <laughs> um, and yeah, he had a really good rookie season. And then, you know, you look back at some of the numbers, sometimes I'm like, why were we quite as obsessed with this guy as we were. It was that playoff run, that mm -hmm. deep playoff run where we went to the, the last time we went to the cup finals against the Sharks. He had like 
15 points in 20 yeah, games. Was he like was tied for the team lead with Tarasenko. Uh, so, you he know, was on that fantastic Stasny Brower line. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw that and you were like, oh, it's all systems go for this kid. Mm-hmm. And then he took that hit against the Penguins along the board by insert random NHL name I can't remember. Was that Mike Yo's first game? I want to. S- it was yes, close yes, it was. to it. Yeah, it was. I was like, you're right. I was going to say, was it the one right before he was fired or right before Hitchcock was fired? But no, it was his very remember, first game. I remember this. Because then when yeah. he ultimately came back, it was like his first game was the first of November and mm-hmm. his second after his second surgery. And then <coughs> Yo was fired on like the 21st. Mm-hmm. So he basically missed all of Mike Yo's tenure, which should. Give you a perspective of how long he was out, even yeah. though it wasn't that long a tenure. You know? I remember that game specifically for like two reasons. One, it was Mike Yo's first, and I was like, oh, maybe something will change, and we lost like five two to the Penguins. <laughs> I'm like, nope. I mean, one game. But, uh, yeah, then and then I it also, ultimately did change. But... Yeah, but then I remember also seeing someone get hurt and like limping off the ice, and I just saw the one on the back of their jersey. And I feel bad saying it, but I was like, please. Please, please, please let that be Yori Letero. Please let that be a 12. Please. I'm like, I don't want anyone hurt, but if someone's going to be hurt, that's fine. And then I was like, Robbie Fabry, ah, shit. <laughs> and I still also remember when he got, when he re-aggravated, when, you know, they're holding yeah. out day to day. And I remember I was going for like a run or something. You just kind of knew. Because, yeah, I looked at it and like, honest to God. Because he finished like a game. He finished the game <coughs> yeah. against, um, it was against, I want to say the Capitals in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And he like, finished the game and then he was like i shit my knees sore yeah man i swear to god that like i know i'm speaking in such a Hushed big tones. or just in such big terms for someone uh-huh. that was affected by it way more robbie fabry but like i remember that like ruined my day like yeah. when i read that he was injured again like a, my stomach sank i was like no way because that was He's come back. He's done a lot and it's amazing that he's even can participate mm-hmm. and play at the nhl level but um I, I thought that was, that was it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when it was like, okay, he's never going to be Robbie Fabry as we thought he was going yeah, to be. Yeah, and that's like something we talked about, I guess, our, no, our second year as a podcast, because we lost him the season we started. Yeah, we then the second time the, he was the injured re-injury was 17. Was near our near our genesis, mm, if you That's will. one of our early episode uh, the, titles. Yeah. Uh, the return was in our exodus and now we're in our Leviticus. Uh, (laughs) I don't know a lot about the Bible, Stephen. We get it. Um, But uh, we talked about when he returned, there were a lot of people who were just like, sweet, we got like 60 point Robbie Fabry back in the lineup. And it was just like, guys, not a chance. Like it was never, it was never going to be an easy road back. Mm. And in the meantime, we went out like this. That's the thing that's nuts is he left a team that had just lost Troy Brower and David Backus. And he was like the center of the core going forward. Mm. And he came ultimately all the came all the way back to a team that had Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shin, Patrick Maroon, Tyler mm. Bozak, Robert Thomas, David Perron, um, part three. David Perron, again. <laughs> had the, wait, did we... 
re-sign, lose, and then re-sign David Perron all while he was injured? No. Or was he, the season he got injured, that was the first season that the season Perron he, came back? Yeah, the season he re-aggravated okay. it. Yeah, because that was the, we, Perron was the big response to losing Bacchus and That's Brower. right. Okay. <laughs> that was a big, our big move. <laughs> I remember because I was, uh in the woods of like virginia on free agency yeah. day that day but, oh wait no so then he was yeah, yeah, yeah you're right you got it um but in any case you know the the forward core just evolved and he didn't get to carve out a place in it because mm-hmm. he just wasn't there and it sucks but it's the truth and then he came back and he wasn't good immediately because he lost two years effectively of hockey and so mm-hmm. of course he wasn't good and then Craig Berube and this is an aspect of it that is important that we need to discuss Craig Berube never really had the time of day for Robbie Fabry from mm-hmm. the get go he didn't seem to have trust him just wasn't wasn't the type of player that Berube wants mm-hmm. and I think more than that, like it's not that Baruby doesn't have any space for like a fast, skilled guy, but those roles were already occupied. Mm. So he needed a third line, fourth line guy with a defensive side to his game, and and Fabry just doesn't have that. So he lost opportunities, and he lost opportunities, and finally over the summer, even after he'd won a Stanley Cup. He saw enough of the writing on the wall to be like, yeah, I, I need to go somewhere else, which is something you and I were saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's like maybe he'd be better off in greener pastures elsewhere. But like, you don't necessarily know that he's thinking the same thing, yeah. you know, because he's on the Stanley Cup champion. I mean, and you talked about it and you can make this point again, but like, that's part of being an athlete. You yeah. Know? Well, that's the thing is like, he's what, 23? Mm hmm. So you've got someone right now, if you've, if you've been following hockey or our division at all, you've got Brent Seabrook, who's 34 years old, uh, has a contract for, you know, 70 more years, <laughs> um, has won three cups, has only ever played for the Chicago Blackhawks, is getting benched currently because, quite honestly, he's just not playing great. Benched by a guy who's yeah. like three years his senior, yeah. too, which has to be gross. Yeah, and you, that dude could seriously just be like, okay. Like, I've, you know, I'm making my money. I'm just sitting here. Or That's you fine. Or just sit there and not. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, he is a professional athlete, and that dude who's done pretty much everything you can in hockey wants to either wants either more ice time or he wants to be traded off. The mm-hmm. only team he's ever known. And that's a guy that's got, you know, a huge, like, has a huge footprint on the Chicago Blackhawks. So do you think young 23-year-old Robbie Fabry, who granted had, you know, Helped in a small way and helped for sure uh, the Blues win a cup last year. Do you think he wants to go somewhere else to to try and replicate that again? Maybe be an even bigger part of another cup moving forward? Just have more ice time, period, you know? Put the cup aside. Just play more because he's a, he's a competitor. He's, he's a professional athlete. They always talk about how some of these uh, players are like assholes if you talk to them in real life or mm. yada yada. Very... Um, just very much all about their own business. And it's like, of course they are. Because if you're going to be like a professional athlete in the top in your game, you you have to be competitive. You have to want it so bad. No one's ever in professional sports and is like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of did this and I guess it worked out. Okay, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not really the thing I want. Robbie Fabry wants to play hockey. And I'm so glad. Honestly, I'm super happy that he called for the trade, that he wanted to trade himself. 
Because I would have felt a little worse if he was like, oh, I'm fine here. You know, I really like it here a lot. And I just want to try and rehab here and, you know, <clears throat> kind of David Perron-esque where it's like, oh, I just really, really love the city. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he liked it here. But, yeah, I'm glad he wanted. He fucking hated it. Yeah, he, he hated it. I'm glad he wanted to go somewhere else to to make more of his career. Because I think he, he still can. Uh-huh. Um, for as Jeremy? much for as much as Craig Ruby wasn't going to play him here, uh, what's the I forget what Jeff Blashill mm-hmm. for better for, no for better or worse has to play Robbie yeah. Fabry and if anything he fits well, there been... he fits there he fits there so much better than he does here just a just a real quick disgusting fact Jeremy Colleton is ninety seven days older than Rick <laughs> um, but yeah I mean we were saying for a long time like. Look, it sucks, but he needs to go to one of the crappy teams in the mm-hmm. league right now because he needs to <laughs> he needs to have a place <coughs> where he can liter- almost literally stretch his legs and just have no fear mm-hmm. of losing his playing time. You know, it's it's a little bit like a guy going to community college cuz he lost NCAA eligibility for one reason or another. It's like I just have to play the game hmm. somewhere where I'm I'm going to be yeah, maybe I'm the best player on the team. I mean he's got Dylan Larkin, so <laughs> but like to the community college yeah. example. It's like maybe I'm the only thing going here, but at least I'm playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say, we as fans from a fan perspective, you just have to you have to let him go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we If you love something. Let it go. Yeah, and I mean, they'll come back or not. I don't know. It's one of those, one of those phrases. David Perron in a couple years. <laughs> come on back, baby. Um, I'd love that. You know what I mean, though? Like, you have to... Yeah. It's... I know the most of the reaction has been bittersweet, like we talked about. Maybe a little more negative. It's like, oh, I really like Fabry as a fan favorite. But, like, you as a fan have to understand that he needed something more. It's mm-hmm. kind of like if you're... If you are a parent out there, I'm not, so maybe this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> but like, you have to eventually let your kid leave the house. Mm-hmm. Like, you could keep them there, and you could be very happy with that situation, but they probably won't be. Mm-hmm. And you need to give them room to grow, and that's what the Detroit Red Wings are. Honestly, almost almost any other team was going to be for him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he ended up there, especially and not like a. Oh, I don't know. Let's throw it out there. A Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. where they was just going to be Nick Patan. And sit on their fourth line, and then they'd be like, "Oh, he can't play," and be like, "Just be in another exact same situation." Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's in a place where it's like, "Shit, dude, you're fast. We're fast. We're young. Just fucking play with us." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And who knows? I mean, maybe as <coughs> Steve and I were talking about, I think now especially so since we've won the cup. Now, I mean, I would all I would have rooted for him anyways. Did you know? to have a career, a successful career, but now that we've won the cup, dude, fucking go score 50 goals every oh, season. Absolutely. I would love to look back and be like, dude, we had that guy on our team. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. We should have kept that dude. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I would just be happy even if he had just a pedestrian career and retired in 10 plus years, that'd be like a huge success. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick subtweet, uh, Ian's mom let him out of the house. It's time. Yeah, please. <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> Uh, so we've talked a lot about Robbie Fabry. Let's talk a little bit about Jacob De La Rose, who exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob De La Rose is 24 years old. He was a second round pick, a high second round pick in 2013 uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. He is um, 
he was waived last season, early in the season, one of those like final roster mm-hmm. decision things, and uh, Detroit claimed him. Uh, he had a career high of 12 points in 55 games, uh, four goals and eight assists in the 17-18 season with the Canadians, so... Obviously not a shoot-first type player. <laughs> Doug Armstrong said he's a big player, six foot three, two 215 pounds, uh, in parentheses. So That's they just what I had to correct him. Uh, good skater. We know what he is. He plays in that 10 through 13 part of your group. I like his size, his skating, and I think he's going to fit into our group real well. He didn't say real well. I added the real. Excuse me. Um, thoughts on Jacob Delarose? You know, um, I don't know that much about him. You made a point texting yesterday that this is a name I've heard before Mm -hmm. multiple times. And now it's weird that he's on a team and I have to consider him as a person and not just a random name that floats around the Eastern conference. It makes sense. Robbie Fabry again was not going to fit into our bottom six as much as we tried to play him there. His role should be top six at least top nine and it was just wasn't working out so now we found a guy that we can easily platoon welcome to the wheel of bodies jacob delarose you now get to platoon yourself with uh the likes of mackenzie mckeckern maybe zach sanford every once in a while who's to say um but yeah i mean six foot three when you're six foot three you're six foot three every time you step on the ice so you like big bodies i really didn't i don't know for some reason a jacob delarose in name strikes me as someone who is five foot ten and a speedster. So it's kind of odd to me that we're getting this big of a player. It's kind of cool. I like it. Another Swede can play along with Steen. Well, not right now, at least. You can play along with Oscar Sundquist <laughs> and Carl Gunnarsson. Am I missing any other Swedes? Do we have any more Swedes? Uh, Andreas Borgman. No, oh, whatever. Okay. Isn't it weird to think about how he's part of this team? Mm. You know. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know much about him, quite honestly. It'll be interesting to see how he fits I'm, in. I'm looking from a tweet from Arpan Basu, who is a Minnesota uh, athletic writer and is thus, therefore a little arrogant. I'm not Minnesota, <laughs> Montreal. Uh, Minnesotans are also arrogant. Oh, it's always been said. Minnesota <laughs> arrogance. <laughs> That's right. what you hear about. Uh, Minnesota hockey fans, at the very least. Um, but he said something about basically. Uh, that um oh here it is um delarose is an amazing back checker like truly elite <laughs> in this aspect of the game problem being he back checks often which is what made his proficiency back checking so obvious so i don't know if that's a slam on him for being offensively incompetent and therefore mm-hmm. having to chase the puck a lot or just a slam on the canadians while he was there and the um red wings now being pretty lousy but if he's an elite back checker, that's what we need. That that fits the team better than mm. Robbie Fabry. We have if if we need excess skill guys, we have those. Mm. We've got Jordan Cairo and Quim Costin and, and Zach Samford, all of whom are already not getting enough NHL playing time, you know? Um if this guy's is a good skater, um and is you know, a great back checker. That's probably exactly what Craig Berube wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he also tweeted something out about if you'd told me two years ago uh, that, you know, Jacob Delarose would fetch Robbie Fabry 
I'd have had a heart attack, basically, <laughs> is what he said, which I can't find the tweet right now. But, like, yeah, fine. I get a lot of people are upset with the return. Mm-hmm. And I do, I get that, but you weren't going to get more for no. third knee Robbie Fabry. Third knee, 39 games in two seasons. Mm-hmm. 30, 39 games in three and a half seasons. You got someone you got you can a play. healthy, yeah. arguably NHL level player. I'd be pretty thankful you got that, and not like you said, like a fifth or a fourth or mm-hmm. fifth round pick in twenty twenty two or whatever. You, you know, you just gained more playable, which is a big thing. Playable depth, yeah, which is what this team essentially had all of last year and helped them win a cup. You just bolstered your team a little bit more, and like you said. You weren't going to get anything more than that. In fact, this is probably as as most as much as you could have gotten for Robbie Fabry. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm scanning <coughs> scanning our 19 mentions from uh, salty Edmonton fans. We'll talk about that a little later, but <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, why we can close the book on that discussion for now, I guess, because you think we see Delarose against Calgary. You think they'd work him in that quick? I guess with the injuries, they might sure, just let him in just to see. Um, but yeah, it 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 sucks to see Robbie Favre go. We all wanted like a different trajectory mm-hmm. for his Blues career, but it didn't happen, and it didn't happen because somebody bungled something, or you know, because there were hurt mm-hmm. hurt feelings, or you know, a bad attitude or anything. It just didn't happen because he got really, really unfortunate luck. And I hope that this is the beginning of his luck changing, but he mm. didn't have the opportunity to do it here. A weird side note. This was like the first... No side notes. The first Red Wings-Blues trade since like the 90s or is maybe it? even the 80s. Yeah, I was guess. like, I guess that makes sense when you're in the same exact division for a long time <laughs> uh-huh. and hate each other. Um, it's funny that this is how we break the ice, though, you know. I feel like Armstrong tends to trade with teams in stretches, though, you know? Mm. Like, he's working on a bigger thing, and he's like, hey, you want to do this real quick, you know? So, we can see. I mean, Dylan Larkin for Austin Pagansky seems like it's <laughs> right around the corner. That's all I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Um, you want to talk Steen or the jerseys real quick? Um, we can talk Steen first. Alex Steen's hurt next? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, late in the second period, Alex <laughs> chased on that big cow. <laughs> stepped on Alex Steen's ankle, twisting it nastily. Uh, the Blues reported today that Steen is out at least four weeks with a high ankle sprain. They actually named the injury. Very rare. Oh, uh, players would... are going to be going after his high ankle from right. now on. <laughs> He didn't have ankles to begin with. I'd guess that it would probably be longer than that. Uh, one of those reevaluated in four weeks kind of things. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, with the, you know, it wasn't the Mika Rantanen thing that looked super graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a couple of those in sports lately. Gross. But um, keep your legs. Yeah. Where they need to be. <laughs> Keep them straight for and my eyes, And if they're not going to be there, don't show me the yeah. Um But, uh, you know, just from the footage, it looked like it could have been worse than a month-long injury. Um, but he's gone now. And, and I felt like, you know, I tweeted out, might have been last night, probably, I think it was probably the Canucks game, but I tweeted out recently, like, Steen has been really, really good this season. Not... Yeah, he's overpaid. That's like a given at this point of his career. Mm-hmm. But there's such a difference between like his being overpaid and Brent Seabrook's being mm-hmm. overpaid where there's no hope 
you are just screwed. He's not, he's not there anymore. You know, like, mm-hmm. like that kind of, um, core or not Corey Perry. Here's the one in Bobby Ryan, mm-hmm. um, where it's just like, okay, so we just have to literally pay this black hole money for three more years or whatever it is. Um, so now the blues are currently down Vladimir Tarasenko, Alex Steen to injury, Robbie Fabry to trade and Zach Sanford has really sucked lately. (laughs) Um, where do we go from here? What do you think? What's the situation? How do we fill these holes right now? And now we do have to call up a forward pretty much, right? Because we yeah, won't have you, a scratch. Yeah, you got to have, have somebody up like, there in case. Because we lost Steen and Fabry and only brought back De La Rose. Mm. So that's, yeah. You figure he's going to slot in somewhere and they'll move someone up, I'm assuming. They'll probably just toss him down on the fourth line and move Barbashev up or Sunquist mm-hmm. up. Um, and then, yeah, so they're going to have to have a forward. So there's, there's your fun, my... My least favorite thing to debate on Twitter, or see people debate, is it Cairo? Is it Costin? Maybe it's fucking the Australian yeah, mate. It's, it's Nathan Walker, probably. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's the Honestly, most boring yesterday. Yeah, if you're gonna have someone ride ride the pine, ride the press box pine. It's don't make it be Cairo or Costin. Give me an interview or two with a goofy Australian. Guy. Yeah, that's Great. all I want. Um, I feel like this is the one. <laughs> This is like critical massive stuff. Mm-hmm. And the next injury, which will happen. Change words. Is like, because injuries are like compounding, I feel like. That's not like, you you feel like two serious injuries at a time is a lot. But when you already have the two serious ones, it doesn't make the next one less likely, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's the one where it's like, oh, so now it's like probably Cairo time or whatever because he'll have gotten a few games under him and then we'll actually have like it's like oh we need like skill yeah. you know like i'm happy for the six game winning streak i don't know why i'm such a, a sadist but i kind of hoping for another injury because <laughs> i want to see what happens i want to see what funky shit happens it's, to this get team crazy you'll get me tyler to fully don't do that no not do not <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about that right now until we know call-ups and such, but, um, that's the news there. Now let's dagger the Nashville Predators. (laughs) The Nashville Predators (coughs) and Dallas Stars Winter Classic jerseys dropped this week. Mixed reviews. There are some people that really like the Nashville Predators. Mm -hmm. Those people, broadly speaking, are called psychopaths. Uh, they are apparently inspired by the Dixie Flyers, a team that was part of the EHL, the Eastern Hockey League, the Ethnic Hockey League. <laughs> not Nashville. Not in Nashville. No, right. not in Nashville. Uh, nothing Dixie and Ethnic have never mixed. Um, <laughs> they played in Nashville from 1962 to 1971. Not a tumultuous time you at wanna, all. No, no, not at all. You want to give your thoughts on yeah. uh, the Kent State? era <laughs> <Natural> <laughs> I don't uh, completely dislike these jerseys they've, they've grown on me mm. but that's from like utter disgust to like yeah eh. <laughs> like I like the colors yeah I don't hate the overall design but the script across the front like many have pointed out is just it's silly looking and it's I personally think it's because it's too many letters Dixie Flyers is yeah. so many fewer letters than National, National Predators. Predators yeah and I don't think people like 
that should people should know that as like a graphic design thing. Mm-hmm. Surely more letters will go in the same space. There's your obscure John Mulaney <laughs> reference for everybody out there, but um, I, it doesn't fit well. And this like the style, the script style they picked uh-huh. looks kind of weird. It looks like it should be on the side of like a little Debbie's cake box. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's the Dixie Flyers also apparently were like. LSU colors with the yellow being what the white is in the Predators jerseys mm-hmm. and the purple being the purple being the middle part with the white letters and that's a better that looks better to me. Hmm. Um Yeah, but and one of my one of so my much white on it looks a little uninspired. One of my frustrations with the friggin' Winter Classic is this is an event that is at least thirty percent designed to sell the schlocky hmm. uh heritage throwback jerseys ours were perfect but mm-hmm. a lot of times they're schlocky um you didn't like the black and white black hawks i saw those again for the other day the other day and i remembered how there were some people there are always people who are like these are great mm-hmm. and i'm like what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about um at the at the, at the best you could say the blackhawk ones were boring mm-hmm. you couldn't possibly think they were great <laughs> Um, but in any case, like what I was saying is like, it, it bothers me that for this one game, it can't just be a colored sweatshirt sweater Mm. against another colorful sweater. Like I, we can tell mustard yellow apart from victory green. We really can. Mm. Like you could do that for a game. Um, but they just won't let it happen, and that's fine. So it's a fine jersey. This, yeah. The saber tooth actually looks kind of cool. Oh yeah, no, that looks dope. They um, should have that shoulder patch should totally be on the front or, or just yeah. the logo. Period. It's yeah. a lot less crazy looking than their current logo, yeah, their, which their seems... logo. There are a couple logos in the NHL now that I'm like, you sure you don't <coughs> want to give that a facelift? Yeah, at some I, point. I feel like I have like Stockholm syndrome with the Predators logo because like. I'm used to it now. It's yeah. after after twenty years. I'm used to it, but I've every so often I look at it again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what is happening? It's weird how like you don't know it when it's happening, mm-hmm. but there are like, uh, there are like features of graphic design mm-hmm. that are distinct to a period, and I couldn't even tell you what it is, but like that logo and to me even the blue jackets logo which is newer than that is very like mid aughts mm-hmm. or early like late 90s to middle aughts and i'm mm-hmm. just like that is not our time <laughs> it needs to change <laughs> like it doesn't have any what year is it like the blues the blues logo the blackhawks logo the red wings logo those are all ancient mm-hmm. and they've been touched up over time but yeah like, they have that classic feel those ones and like the senators one, you know, some of them Ugh. just they don't have they don't feel classic at all, you know, and like it's just weird how, you know, right now everything's minimalist. Mm. I have a friend that talks about that. My friend Brad talks about like every design just has to be minimalist now. And but then it was like I couldn't even tell you what it was, but it it doesn't belong here. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of things that don't belong here, let's talk about the Dallas Stars jersey. Um do you want to give your fun fact about the uh, Predators jersey, oh, or did you already? I didn't, but just, I didn't realize this until I heard this in another podcast. The Predators logo is a reference to a partial saber-toothed tiger, or Smilodon, 
skeleton found beneath uh, downtown Nashville in 1971 during the construction of, as we all know, because we're all from Nashville, the first American National Bank is that building. The Batman Tower? I don't know. I think I don't it probably is. Fucking care. <laughs> but that's also, kinda... is that why they're called the Predators at all? No, apparently, like they had other names. Predators because of Austin Watson. Yeah, there you go. That's what it was. Moving on. I think they voted on it. Resigned, by the way. That's the guy you really want to commit your core and three-year contract. That's when you want to go underneath. Dallas went different, and I've gone. Dallas goes different. I've gone back and forth. I ultimately like it. Mm -hmm. I think the colors work really well, and I think the design of the logo is lacking what do you think <laughs> i'm gonna say i like the little incorporated star in the d that um, part's nice it's still kind of odd because but i did see uh steve dangle i think refer to them as the stadar that's <laughs> what i mean i'll stadars. see i'll see sds and yeah. i'm like oh and then there's a tars in the middle <laughs> and then the a on sagan's uh jersey is the uh-huh. same exact design and size as the a that would yeah should have just flipped so yeah it, honestly when i first saw it i was like what is the a for stars doing way up there <laughs> i was like that's so dumb and i'm like oh my god ian that's the fucking a for assistant captain um alternate captain yeah. my apologies um it's a nice throwback look to a team that throwback would have just been a north stars jersey it's kind of <laughs> it's true it's kind of funny how like i've like I started really hot on the star, or not hot, but I was like, these are much better than the Predators. Mm-hmm. And they've just kind of merged to a, just a middle. Just a, eh. I like the gloves. I like yeah. the, the like leather color. I don't know about the manila folder, folder pants. colored pants. Yeah. I li- I like it in this. I'll say it this way. I like it that a team did that. I've seen if s- my team did that, I'm like nasty. I've seen some people say black was the better option. I look at this and black would not have worked. Out. No, oh. not with how much whites on there. Yeah. If anything, and it might just seem white. weird, white. Yeah. Or make them just white and green. You know, yeah. or green with the white stripes uh-huh. still. I don't know. But that's not quite right. But yeah, I mean, they're both... It's interesting. It just looks like he's wearing khakis. Listen, I want to encourage the league, and this is not like a please like my team or please yeah. like my sport. Like, by all means, <coughs> I encourage the league to give non-traditional markets mm-hmm. more of these kinds of games. So if they're... if. The non-traditional markets don't have graphic design departments. That's not the league's fault. But um, <laughs> what's your dad think? He's a graphic artist. Have you talked about um, these yeah. to him at all? He hates the National Predators ones, which is funny because he loves um, script. <laughs> he loves the Dixie Flyers. He loves script. Uh-huh. He's always trying to sell me on a St. Louis Blues script jersey where it just says St. Louis Blues uh-huh. with a little blue note somewhere. And I'm like nasty uh, i think he just <laughs> does he it to design piss me off. mock-ups for that or? no he is no, not okay he should submit them yeah. i think he <laughs> same thing with the stars i think he liked the colors overall but he didn't really I love that he didn't like the uh the breezers there <laughs> is that what old canadian people call i think them? i think you said the breezers is that the, the tanks I, th- the I, I assume so <laughs> you know where the breeze goes through <laughs> okay you might need tighter pants <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, they're just kind of meh, honestly. Yeah. I like, I like them in tandem with each other. I like them as a combination. I'm like mm-hmm. these. I think will look good when you're both playing, but on their own, they're just, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where, <coughs> where are they playing this out again? Excuse me. Like um, the cotton, cotton bowl. bowl. Are they gonna fill the cotton bowl? 
Yeah, right. Are they they will. Fill they it? will. Probably. Okay. That just seems like a oh Toronto versus um, the the Red Wings in Michigan Stadium. Hell yeah, that is mm-hmm. gonna be filled to the brim. Dallas versus Nashville in Dallas. Much smaller stadium in Dallas. Oh, is it a lot smaller? I mean, compared to the Big House, which is oh, like the biggest yeah. stadium in I should North know that. America yeah. or something. But yeah, I mean, it's still probably a seventy thousand seater or whatever. They'll fill it. I'm 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 being silly. They'll Nashville is. Nashville people will travel. You they got like to, Texas is big. They like to pretend they're hockey fans. So mm. remember, we had to think about that. Had to consider that. <laughs> Bridgestone Arena, greatest arena hockey. I've been told multiple times, so it must be true. <laughs> uh, well, you want to talk about games? You want to talk about some games? Some <coughs> St. Louis Blues? weird games. The Blues won all the games this week. So we have nothing to yell which about. Which we will find things to yell about. But it does feel weird that I feel <laughs> I feel like unsteady about this. I feel like I don't know what this team is. The two and guys they find are things to yell about. Tied for the President's Trophy <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, this team somehow, despite, I, I want to say they look poor, but they don't really look poor. Despite they, just winning, despite just winning so regular we'll ta- games. We're going to talk about, I think our one big conversation will be in the uh, third game. Are the Blues bad? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, they made a comment in the Canucks game, and I won't step on it. We'll get there. Okay. But, uh, they made a comment during commentary that I was like, huh, this is interesting. And I think it could explain a lot of what we're seeing okay. so but we'll build it i'm interested i'll try to drop a little breadcrumb i don't read our own notes <laughs> so i'm interested <laughs> so uh the blues went to no hosted the columbus blue jackets when god only was friday? this last saturday last friday yeah friday, friday saturday and then dot 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 tuesday Wednesday. this feels like three weeks ago yeah like no so joke long. it's a little scary to again me that this was within the last week. also because it's the blue jackets jerseys these beautiful gifts made by jeff jefferson mm. uh look like they're from the 90s <laughs> <laughs> that's my virtue not the 90s the early aughts did the they have like gifts in the 90s no of course okay not. i just want to make sure um they had phonographs and <laughs> nokia bricks um so we if it, reeling it back to our last episode on Halloween, which was ninety three years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, we talked about how Robert Thomas wasn't shooting the puck enough. Mm-hmm. So as if he listens to this podcast, and we know you're out there, Robert, and we do love. Hey, you. Robert. Uh, <laughs> um, he. What if he did, and he was just like, "How do they know?" But he does. We we know we all. Are amateurs. We know all, Robert. We'll get better, Robert. We <laughs> Only if you do yeah. as well. <laughs> um. So he scored a goal in the 14th minute of this game, 15th minute of this game, technically, after Columbus had a hot start and both teams had a too many men on the ice upon which the other team didn't capitalize. Real, real clean start to this game. I think that's what the old ball coach would no, call it. No, after you, sir. Um, Robert Thomas got set up by... A, God, this this was the Bozak assist? That must have been 10 years ago. Right? I'm a be. little frightened. <laughs> Folks, please tell us how much time has passed. <laughs> In your reality. Tyler Bozak gets the... This is just a week. This was... We, we recorded this, a week ago this tonight. This is within this week. Oh, boy. Uh, Tyler Bozak got the puck to Elvis. 
I'm not going to say it the way they want to say, want me to say it. It's Merzlikens as far as What I'm do they concerned. say? Merzlikens. Well, that's I like that because there's a lot of puns. You can have that. Merzlikens through. <laughs> Darren Pang, I do remember this game. Darren Pang said way too many Elvis puns. He's like, Elvis oh, yeah. has left the crease. I'm like, Jesus, Darren. <laughs> He's going to have a, a lot of fun with that. And uh, John Kelly will eventually just pull out a gun and shoot it. We'll talk about how John Kelly hates <laughs> Darren Pang and how Bernie Federko hates Mike Smith. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's a fun week. It's been a fun week. Uh, Bozak gets the nifty little kind of 360 pass to a streaking Thomas for who, for the love of God, actually frigging uh, just shoots at him to an empty net for his second goal of the season on, you know, a giveaway. Um, you know what we say about those late-period daggers? Gift Jeff made it clear to us uh, because he put a beautiful dagger in this gift. He knows. Oh, no, Jeff. You've ruined, you've ruined Game of Thrones for me all <laughs> over again. God damn it. <laughs> You want to go on a Game of Thrones diet? You, know, you know how like you're having a good day, and then you're, you're, you remember <laughs> some, that thing in the shower. Some asshole gives you a Game of Thrones. You're in the shower, and you remember about how that one time you said that weird thing <laughs> with that girl, and you're like, God damn it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah. I just got reminded that Game of Thrones is all <laughs> Petrangelo tried an ill-advised centering pass, much like the directors of Game of Thrones <laughs> tried an ill-advised ending where Bram the Broken became king. See, I remember stuff. I remember stuff real good. But in any case, he tried it with just 11 seconds. The Blue Jackets broke out and Nyquist had it. Meanwhile, Dubois found a seam in Petrangelo and Gr- Sanford, or as St. Louisans would call him Dubois, and Nyquist <laughs> backhands a puck, maybe off of Pareko's skate, that gets towards the middle and Dubois is good and <laughs> I drive down Gravoy to meet up with Dubois. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and that felt like the dagger because the Jackets got the next two goals of the game. Uh, first from Sonny Milano. I saw an article, I think it might have been on the Hockey Writers this week, that was something like the great Sonny Milano debate. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but he gets his third goal of the season assisted by Scott Harrington and take a wild stab in the dark at his first name, David Savard. Thought it was Mark, thought it was Dennis. None of those guys. Mm. One of the Savards works for us, and I still don't know who they are. I don't think I've ever seen them. David Savard, I think, has been a Blue Jacket for a thousand years, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, Savard, like, he was probably a Blue Jacket when they were in the Central Division. Did he um, watch the Oshiing happen? Did he watch I was there. Oh, I, was, I remember this building. This is where the happening happened. <laughs> uh, he fired a shot from deep. It went wide. Harrington took a shot from the wide angle. Bennington can't find the rebound. Milano is there for the easy knock-in. Not Bennington's best game, um, but not his worst. But uh, his worst of this stretch, because the next two were very good. But um, Alex Steens holds... I assume that means Pierre-Luc Dubois. I put PLD at the time. It made perfect sense to me. Um, and then Oliver Bjorkstrand scored his third goal of the season. Oliver Bjorkstrand is maybe the best example to me of that guy who was a god on one of my years of NHL franchises. Mm. And therefore, I'm like, wait, why doesn't he have 40 goals? <laughs> he should have 40 goals. Uh, but he gets his third of the season from Dubois and Winberg. <laughs> I'm just not letting it die. And um, 
this is one of those plays that feels like it's in slow motion somewhere to Thomas's goal, uh, other than that the assist isn't quite as nice. Winberg shoots, the puck dies, Dubois slowly knocks it over to Bjorkstrand, and Bennington can't possibly get over. Um, Milano interfered with Petrangelo thereafter, and the Blues got a power play goal. Braden Shin scored it. He snipes from deep in the slot, high to the glove side, under the bar and in, and then... What, just 20 bad at math, four, six seconds later? Uh, <laughs> that was all one word. 20 bad at math, four, six seconds later. Uh, sunny day, chasing the clouds away? What's the verb? Is it yeah. chasing the clouds mm. away? Uh, Mac Mac is on his way to where the air is sweet, and he forechecks. He knocks it out to Barbashev, who finds the precise seam to Sunquist, who takes. A first shot that I think gets blocked by Dubois, but Sunquist gets the rebound and buries it on his way to Sesame Street. <laughs> um, so we went from no hope to hope in a very, very slim amount of time. This was the first time this season, I think, maybe. And again, it really cannot stress enough how this feels like eons ago but i think it was the first time this season where i was like oh so the the stanley cup blues are still in there Mm -hmm. you know because i was like they were like we're gonna really get embarrassed by columbus and at the same time the blues were like nope 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 yeah like i don't think so (laughs) and on home ice too yeah yeah, exactly um so it was tied there was a weak slashing against samford late uh, and the jackets got a good chance but couldn't make it go um the third period was not particularly eventful there was a good power play late uh they have a guy named gavrikov apparently which is one of the 17 scabs they brought in to replace their <laughs> depleted lineup much like smoky Mo's barbecue on manchester shame on them for hiring scabs and not, <laughs> don't and not cross the flavors. line um But the Blues make it to overtime, and then eight seconds in... The master of the toe drag himself, the something French of the toe drag, the the baguette of the toe drag. The the, piece de la resistance. There we go. I was going to say the je ne sais quoi. The the toe toe drag. drag. uh, Pierre. (laughs) What what other French do you know? (laughs) By accident. David Perron steps up to the plate. Technically still on the power play that almost ended in the first period. We had eight seconds left and he scored in the eighth second with a gorgeous toe drag um, that gave the Blues the victory in overtime and uh, Jeff did not make us a gif of this because he doesn't care. Jeff hates David Perron. Mm-hmm. It's true. No, he's actually made several very good David Perron mm-hmm. gifts. But uh, this cold-blooded French bastard has toe drags for days, and he scores this one to power the Blues through their first overtime and probably their last yeah, of the I week. I, assume, yeah, I don't think but, they like those uh, very much. Any thoughts on that goal in particular? Well, he's done this, what, now? Three times, That's I believe? That's his third, yeah, second overtime winner, third Mm-hmm. toe drag beauty he's yeah. got him he's got a move and it's working so i said keep doing it they keep talking about how when he went to vegas he changed his stick mm-hmm. and i'm like that can't be all <coughs> of it can it you just he change your from... stick you go 40 points to 60 <laughs> point player. yeah um 
every t- every player should be changing yeah, their you stick folks, once in a while. You need to start looking at your sticks. If this is even a possibility, you gotta you gotta investigate. <laughs> it's that like shit. yeah, do your due diligence <laughs> and change that stick. Um, in any case, it was a win for the Blues, four to three. Jordan Bennington had an interview after the game, not his most controversial interview of the week by far, but uh, he said, they came hard at us and we had to weather the storm. It was great to see another character win by this team. I'm reading with way too much emotion, but I can't help it. Tone it back. You got to channel your focus and be prepared for whatever comes right. He was talking about starting the game after hockey fights cancer night. Um, And he said, I think early on here, we just try to keep, we we are just trying to keep i can't read i can't read because i wrote gibberish and so now i can't turn it into words we are just trying to build and keep growing as a team and you can't get frustrated you got to keep battling by the end and a two-goal lead is the worst league in hockey it looks like yeah we've heard because uh, this year has been pretty wild back and forth but we got to find a way to keep battling and stay focused and today we got a good response but we got to keep finding a way to hold leads as well so we're going to keep working and get on the road here how many times did he say keep like six got to keep That's uh, persistence and he said the body's feeling all right after six straight starts Braden Shin says, we know we can play better. We're grinding out wins right now. Columbus is a good team, but we feel like we didn't play our best hockey tonight. But we got two points, so we'll take it. I love it. Um, and he also talked about Perron changing up his stick. He's sniping right now, he said. Yeah, yeah, sniping like the French never do in war because they always run away from stuff. Now, see, I've heard that's not true. Yeah, probably not, but it's But it's more it's fun funnier. that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to not make fun of the French. They come up with names like Du Bois, so why wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> you, you ever, you ever uh, catch Dave, or da- uh, Darren Pang in one of those why wouldn't I, why wouldn't you that makes no sense? Mm. They do it on purpose now, though. Yeah, you think so? Oh, on the on the Facebook page where they do the like pre-pre-game thing, mm-hmm. like the morning thing between Darren Pang and... Um, Joe Vitale, mm-hmm. he'll literally say something about like, and I'm Darren Robert Pang, and he goes, and why wouldn't I be? Okay. I was like, well, that's true. <laughs> Darren, that's true. Because they'll do it sometimes where it's like, oh, and it's another close game with the Vancouver Canucks, and why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you could have just won handily. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank exactly. you. Um, uh, the St. Louis Blues of Minnesota Wild Face off in Minnesota. The Minnesota Wild are a bad team, and I'm a bad podcaster because, as Jeff points out in these notes, I demonstrated my lack of commitment by not updating this document in real time. I bet I bet our intern, <coughs> our intern Jeff, no payments for you, my mm-hmm. friend. I thought we wouldn't read that, but um, oh, we did. The eye sees all. So, um, if you're facing the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Do you want to score first, or do you want to let them score first? I don't think it matters. <laughs> but honestly, if, you're, if you're facing them, I don't think it matters. It real, honestly, seriously, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, and it didn't. So I guess, I guess we scored that one away. Uh, Marcus Polito scored his second of the season. Some people insisted on it. Uh, he had ton of space, and Polito isn't resisted much by Dunn. And Jake Allen is a net. Nothing he could do on this one. 
Stephen's, Stephen's flat face is worth a million words. <sighs> Mackenzie McEachern then later scored his first of the season, at which point everyone in Minnesota was like, who, even though he maybe went to school in Minnesota? Or Michigan, one of the, there's the only places where there are hockey schools, mm, but. We're checking them out. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Barbashev and Colton Pareko on the assist. Bomeister had a very nice play to keep the puck in barely at the blue line. Pareko tried a shot that got blocked, uh, and it came back out to him. He played it around Barbashev, grabbed it behind. McEachern gets in front and takes several whacks at it, including one midair. And he not, it looks like he knocks it in, but he actually knocked it into the path of, uh, Devin Dubnik's glove, who tried to do like a fancy behind the back catch, <laughs> and it didn't work so good, and he knocked it into his own net. I love so. it. Uh, yeah, dooby 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 dooby. Dooby's such a gangly mess yeah. that when he make, when he <laughs> when he's not making the save, it just looks like trash. To be quite honest, um, Mackenzie McEachern, Michigan. Ah. Damn it. It was a coin flip, and I, I came up tails. They're the same state. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan is surrounded by lakes, and Minnesota's Minnesota filled with them. Minnesota has lots of lakes in yeah. them, and that's the only difference. That's it. Um, the Blues got a goal from Carl Boom Boom Gunnarsson in this section of the game where the goalies tried to anything you can do, I can do better each other with terrible, terrible goals. Jake Allen wins, spoiler alert. Uh, O'Reilly helped Carl win a battle behind the net. Coral! And Gunnarsson took a shot from a wide angle, and Dubnik ought to have that, but he doesn't. Uh, it's not the most ought to have that, but doesn't <laughs> the game. Man, these were all dirty goals. Uh, Kevin, these were all just nasty looking Kevin goals. Fiala opens the second period. All these goals happen early in a period. It, Oh, had you not seen no, this? No, I had seen it. But again, I thought this was from the year 1997. <laughs> I thought this had happened so long ago that we already covered it. Uh, Kevin Fiala, <coughs> what's he do? He just chips a puck at the net from the half wall. Does he even know it's going... I God mean, he knows no. it's going towards the net, but he's yeah, not probably he's putting, putting it on. Puck on yeah. net because I guess why not? I'm Kevin Fiala, and I'm desperate, and Paul Finnan wanted me here, and now he's fired, so I've got to prove my And now I've heard they're trying to move him. So. Well, are they probably? Yeah, are. clean probably out are. that Fenton fucker. <laughs> Every last shred of that man. Uh, why take notes on something emblazoned into my memory, I said. <laughs> um, I think Money Puck said this had a 0.7% chance of going in, so... The goal we'll talk about later in a different game is actually a stark improvement on this, <laughs> but um, it went in, and I think the reality is you have to just admit, uh, after the uh, after the Connor McDavid goal, the one we'll talk about mm. later, I went a little ballistic, and I didn't say some things I wanted to say, and I'm thankful I didn't. But I think we are at the point where you just have to admit that there's going to be one shouldn't be an NHL goal every game against Jake Allen because there has been. I was like, that's what I'm seeing. The statistics are there. And if he's going to make whatever 32 of the other 34 saves or whatever he did against the Oilers, Mm -hmm. then not fine. Fine's not the word for it. But whatever, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but unsurprisingly, after uh, they gave up this sloppy goal, 
They gave up another goal very quickly, which is usually the pattern with the Jake Allen crapper goals. And uh, we get our second appearance of the season from the Lizard King. I'm the Lizard King. So Matt Zuccarello scored. He's the Lizard King for those who might not know because... Paul Fenton, shortly before shit can, referred to his qualities of of being like that of a lizard with without really explaining. <laughs> um, but in any case, he scored a goal. Uh, Brad Hunt, the same yeah, Brad Hunt, right? The briefly a blue Brad Hunt, the former blue, um, <laughs> with an awesome keep in at the line, fakes the slap shot and dekes out diving Varvashov, and from there it's a pretty easy one, two, three to stall Tazooks to the goal. Um, then, and I almost forgot, there was a wild goal called back, not a wild goal, but a wild goal, um, on. Um, the controversy is not going away, NHL. You might want to just, you might want to consider that. Defining what it is. Yeah. (laughs) But, We made um, a title and that's it. I I see it from above and I get it. Mm -hmm. But I also recall that Joey Vitale and Craig, Craig, Chris Kerber were very much like, no, 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 that is not goalie interference. Like, they were angry even after the call went in our favor. It wasn't just the thing of like, oh, we're not going to get that call. But you understand the challenge. Sometimes it's just to break things up, you know. They were like, oh, no, 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 they have to fix this. Um, And Bruce Boudreau was asked, about it after the game, and presumably after saying a number of swear words, he says, it wasn't, presumably, goalie interference. That's my thoughts. It wasn't. They said his elbow touched his head inside the goalie crease, but to me, Allen was moving in because Zach was outside. So he was moving into Zach, so I don't understand the call. This is not what Bruce Poudreau <laughs> sounds like, but it's what he looks like, so yeah. he deserves it. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for taking those notes. Those, those are actually notes from Jeff Uh-oh. that he remembered to take that I didn't. So oh, big balls on this guy. <laughs> that's why we pay our intern the big bucks. Um, our official intern, 2G1C intern. Self-appointed, but mm-hmm. legally binding. <laughs> so, um, we need to hire a lawyer. So, so really, in the third period, it's like a, a four, three-goal swing for the Blues, because it was a two-goal lead, and then it was a three-goal, and then we tied it. And then it wasn't a goal anymore. And you see what I'm getting at. It's Uh, a weird period. Six minutes into the third period, Sammy Blay equalizes. Um, He has his fifth goal of the season. He's racing towards 20, baby. I called it. He's getting there. He's not going to get there, but he'll get there or else. There's nobody. There's going to be nobody else left to score. Yeah, I was like, Sammy, you got to do it. You got to shoot, Sammy. That's not true, Sam. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Bozak and Justin Falk assists. Uh, Blay has a big hit behind the net. That's legal. Then he diving cross-check trips the same wild player, Luke. Uh, this is another one. I do not like saying Cunnin. Mm. Mm, it is Coonan. And that's also kind of gross, but Cunnin? I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's maybe uh, less. off the tongue. That, uh, that trip play was not legal, uh, but Bozak gets the puck and feeds it back to Blay because he has a whole lot of space with 
what uh, with the questionably eliminated <laughs> wild player. Boy shoots it at the same angle as Gunnarsson and uh, sort of <laughs> knocks it in after. Bruce Boudreaux is angry, <laughs> yeah. as only Bruce Boudreaux can be. I feel like I've seen that gif the, a billion times. <laughs> the uh, referees see his reaction and say, new phone who dis, and there's a winner. <laughs> the Blues fail to capitalize when they should, and it goes to overtime. Looking at this, again. though. Uh-huh. Well, who's Blay Trip? Zucker? Eleven, uh, I think so. Yeah. So he trips. Zucker. No, boy trips. Uh, tri- boy trips Coonan. Oh, he trips Coonan. Okay. Oh, sorry. But like after he trips them, they both get up with plenty of time, uh-huh. and then Cunnan still goes <laughs> to the wrong player. Yeah. So like I don't know. That's your <laughs> yeah. fault, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. He goes exactly he, straight to the he, guy that Spurgeon's covering. And then he covering. cross-checks him. Um, yeah, I do. I do like the frustration <laughs> cross-check. Like fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I missed my assignment. Yeah, I'm pissed. Um, but uh, I was la- I was giggling there, um, <coughs> both because the new phone who dish crossed my mind, but also because somehow while I was scrolling down, the two g- gifts overlapped, and I saw Boudreaux's reaction right after the Re- O'Reilly goal. Spoiler alert! And I thought that Jeff had just put them back together, but he hadn't. So, uh, you know, it would have worked, is all Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Jeff, you really failed. You're fired. Uh, Ryan (laughs) O'Reilly gets the game winner in overtime by being really good at hockey. He regroups at center ice and then just skates around all of the wild defense because the wild are not really good at hockey. Uh, He skates around them like their traffic cones, and then (laughs) then he fires the shot high into the net and past doobie 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 doob Nick. What was your oh yeah? I was like, why why don't I I remember watching the replay? play for this goal i'm like i don't remember watching this goal live i didn't what were you doing i was at a, a halloween party oh, after halloween yeah distinctly I know. after I halloween <laughs> you had the 26 people you should have done it then. that's their fault not i'm not yours halloween i'm not saying party. you it's a, you should have just called it a not halloween party a costume party. an un-halloween an party. early november costume party are you going when's, for next uh, when's uh, the one? When's the, when's the Jewish Halloween? The Jewish Halloween? Yeah, the one uh, Purim. When's that? That's probably in like March or something weird. But it's a thing. You can look it up. Okay, Purim is a thing. I'll just ask my downstairs I neighbor. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. You ask her how Purim is for her, and she'll tell you what. But she's old. She might just forget. So ask somebody reliable. She's fairly sharp for being 93. I tell you what. Hey, there you go. Way to go. Wait, I can pull this out of nowhere. Roseanne? Not even even close. Mackenzie. Now that's like a 17-year-old's name. One more real try. (laughs) Can you give me a letter? It's not the first letter, but it's a letter. Uh, I don't have it. I want to say Gertrude. Honestly, if I heard G from someone, I would have said Guinevere. Guinevere. Uh, Genevieve. Genevieve. Damn it. Uh, I knew that. Um, Now you know, everyone, what specific (laughs) Jewish community I live in. you know. You find a 93-year-old woman named Genevieve. You're in the right spot. God. Oh, we started tonight's recording earlier and we've got energy. And it's upsetting. Like, we've got two more games. <laughs> the Blues get heavily or heavily out, shoot the wild, heavily get out face off. 
And uh, as is, uh, they actually won the Corsi battle on this one. Go Blues. Hey, I was going to dagger you, but I didn't. Also, all of the Blues goals come from right around the net. So that heat map is flattering. Uh, and it's on to Vancouver. Any thoughts on the Wild game? I was happy that we won because I don't like the Minnesota Wild very much. The Wild have gone from sad mediocre, though, to sad bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel for them a little bit. I've, I'm starting to feel for them. I have this thing, I can't remember, I think I talked about this on the on the STL podcast, which you should all go subscribe to and listen yeah. to if you like soccer or if you like us, although Ian wasn't there this way. But, you know, same yeah, general Find out what stuff they essence. said behind my back. That's right. Um, it's in code. <laughs> so, uh, but... I don't like it when my rivals really suck. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of sad. It's like a punching bag, you know? I want a little pluck in them. I like my rivals to be like like a second-round guy on Super Punch-Out, you know? I want to always win, but I want to I wanna have a little bit of a fight. You know? yeah, I want the win to mean something. <laughs> yeah, Come right. on, Wild. Um, we played down to you. You know that. Come you on, Wild. That. Be, be uh, Bob Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Blues took on the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver before the game. <laughs> Jay Bomeister played his 1200th game. No, uh, it was Jay Bomeister's 1200th career game. That's crazy. And Jay Bomeister, as we tweeted out, is probably just going to retire as one of those like perpetually underrated guys. Mm. And I know there's that whole clip from TSN or whatever about him being a traffic cone <laughs> that guy loved to play against mm. but like i don't think the whole league's just been duped <laughs> for 1200 games i think he's a very good defenseman um and you know really since the blues acquired him he's never been i would say a fan favorite mm. you know he's always just kind of been there but he's always done what the blues needed mm. of him and apart from you know the quarter or third of a season last year where we thought he was just decrepit and, just and over he with. actually just was not healthy which is a question to be asked but not of Jay Bomeister <laughs> um, apart from that he really has just been a, a workhorse for this team and he was a literal Iron Man mm-hmm. uh, when we got him and for a while after we got him and then he's had more injuries as he aged. But 1,200 is, I think, like that's only 111 players or something. I mean, that's pretty high. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and you could, you know, I don't I don't necessarily expect him to retire after this year. So you could see him get to 1,300 if he's mm-hmm. healthy. He's not going to be scratched any this season. So. I wanted to find for you, and maybe I can still find the tweet. Someone tweeted out, um, Fuck J. Bowmeister. All the different blues, pl- all the different players that reached twelve hundred while they were a blue, Ooh, or that's gonna that be had a, been a blue. That's gonna be a weird list. That's gonna include like a Jamie Langenbrunner, or like a Jason Arnott, or something. You know it. What you know it. Yep, yep, yep. It was like, it was Jason Arnott was on that list for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feels right. Felt, the other felt. ones made. The other ones made sense. It was like Al McKenness and some stuff like that. But uh-huh. the other. Weird one that came to mind was, oh, who was it? I'm blanking now. There was another one that seemed like, oh, I didn't really, oh, um, Mellonby. Mm-hmm. Scott Mellonby. I was like, you played 1,200 games? Mm-hmm. I thought you were like a 
four season guy and then yeah, he retired seem, sort of dude that certainly doesn't seem shows right. my lack of uh hockey history knowledge you ever pop something in your body where there shouldn't be a thing <laughs> i just popped my jaw but it felt like it was just in my cheek so well it's out of your mouth now <laughs> if my if my words get all slanty to one side now you know why um robert thomas is bumped up to the first line and blay is bumped down to the third line i think this changes. i like how blay is just actually how a st louis and would pronounce that they didn't mm-hmm. make it hard so. oh just, or blah <laughs> sammy blah sammy blah <laughs> i think they made this change in the minnesota game like somewhere during the game and they started to look better so they've stuck with it the last two games somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight mm-hmm you know, Robert Thomas, big fan. <laughs> Robert Thomas, a big... Oh, what is that, an American tale? A mouse's tale? What is, what's that stupid movie called? Fightful Goes West? <laughs> yeah, but the, what's the that's the title? Is that the title of yeah. the movie? I think you're wrong. Oh, an American title. Tale, colon, Fightful yeah, Goes yeah, West. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, Bennington was peppered earlier in this game and looked really good. He stoned Elias Pettersson on an early breakaway. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some petty Canadian fans Ooh-hoo. to talk about this week. Some Pedersen uh, the bo- Canadian fans. <laughs> That's right. The Blues continued know. to suck. Uh, <laughs> there was a slashing call against Pareko right in front of the referee. You can't do that, buddy. You got especially a huge stick, bro. Especially when your stick's the size of the other player. Uh, the Red Hot Power Play against an ice-cold penalty kill. What could go wrong? Nothing did. Uh, but a blame mistake leads to a Tim Schaller breakaway. Yes, that's a real NHL player. But Blay had a tremendous back check to break it up. Um, Blay also had a wide open opportunity later and tried to drop it to Bozak. And I said, uh, these youngsters need to grow a pair. <laughs> Jeff said, whatever Thomas has is communicable. Uh, and this is where we will ultimately talk about that thing I teased earlier. You remember the big thing. People mm. have been waiting. We'll talk about it. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> he teased it again, folks. He teased it again. It's a double tease. That's what. That's the industry. That's when you know you're in, you know, the double tease. The double tease. Nobody's listening anymore. <laughs> even, even the cats have figured out how to turn off Alexa. <laughs> Bennington kept us in this period, and it's nothing, nothing at the end of it. Uh, I was thinking, our second periods are always great, so this should be no problem. But our second period was great. Perron and Edler got offsetting minors for hooking and holding very early, which to me is just like, why not call neither penalty? I know. Because they were both kind of weak. It was like, okay, sure. I swear he called one, and then he just felt bad and was like, shit. (laughs) Probably. uh, You too. Probably. Um, and then Tyler Bozak scored 337 in. I think this was after the 4-on-4 laps, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't see five players on the ice. Yeah, I do. There are five connects. So, anyway, Blake, uh, Bozak gets his first of the season. Uh, Blay uh, knocks it to Bozak in front of the goal. He's alone in the slot, and he hums it, according to Darren Pang, high and under the bar for his first of the season, his first in 17 games is that to the playoffs or is it to the last year's regular season who knows who knows if it's his first if it he didn't score in this in game seven so it must be back to the regular season right right Mm, is that what that is game seven was petrangelo o'reilly who and sanford oh petrangelo o'reilly shannon Shannon okay so yeah 
because um, we're at 17 games now, so this would have been 16 games. Yeah, I was like, he scored against like the Jets or something. And that was the last but, I remember. Benny and the Jets. I was going to say earlier when we were talking about the Predators logo, mm-hmm. uh, their, their alternate jerseys, I like how they watched how the world react to that Jets script third jersey and they thought yeah what we want that <laughs> Give us they that. said well we know it's not gonna be terrible <laughs> so let's just go with that and we know we won't get an awful reaction. i do i almost wonder if that's part of why some of these things end up being so blah is it's like we can't get panned for it so just be safe yeah, safe as shit uh, i mean ultimately the blues was pretty safe it was mm-hmm. sexy as hell but it was very safe because mm-hmm. it was Basically just a color swap of what we already had. But um, the Canucks got an almost immediate breakford, breakaway. And Sanford, who I almost called Breakford because he's broken, <laughs> slashed to slow the guy down. Sunquist and Barbasev had a shorthanded break. Sunquist, did he shoot or did he pass, Ian? Shoot or pass, he Ian? Shoot pass. or pass. He, he pass. had to pass. He passed and he missed the pass. <coughs> Gaudet should have had an easy one-timer, but he chipped it. He chipped it. Adam Gaudet, more like Adam Goff full. <laughs> and we need to move faster. Pedersen, Vertanen, get a two-on-one. Bennington stares down the Manchurian Calder date. And Pedersen misses wide. Uh-huh. I don't know the I don't know the plot of the Manchurian candidate at all. I assume Manchuria is controlling a candidate. <laughs> and that's like the whole I think, the I whole think thing. you got it. I think you got it. <laughs> Um, Blaisdine and Bozak line was really good in this game. Bennington was really good. Uh, where is David Perron's offensive zone minor off button? If we could find that, he'd be a god. <laughs> As it is, he's like early Brad Marchand. Not current Brad Marchand, who's a full level up, but like early Brad mm. Marchand, where he was like a 60-point annoying player. Um, but... In any case, he takes another penalty, cross-check behind the net, right after I praise him on Twitter. It's one of those send, twin, send tweets and, oh God. But thankfully, the tweet did include a bit of that one. I mean, it still takes too many penalties. So we you were clear. Yourself. We were clear. Uh, and the Canucks ultimately score in the third period after Bennington tries his best to hold a uh, three-goal or one goal lead for an entire game and get the shutout his first of the season. It doesn't happen. And his goal is just the shittiest end-over-end floater from the blue line that just sneaks so under weird. the bar. It's such a weird hockey goal. Um, Bennington's probably screened. Quinn Hughes is good at hockey, but this isn't necessarily evidence of it. Um, and uh, it just sucks. It sucks, 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 sucks. Uh, Sunquist... Uh, tried a backdoor feed like the one he tried before having seen that it failed thought i'll get him this time it did not get them um and then in the final minute they get phenomenal sustained pressure which has been a theme they're they're hot going into overtime and so they win it uh the blues seventh overtime game in this season ian is that a strength or is it a flaw (laughs) you tell me what are your thoughts uh, they. I'd rather not see them because three on three really three on three should be our Achilles heel because we are not fast. We are not overly young and we are not fast. <laughs> and even though we could be playing our young fast players, the few we do have, we refuse to. That's right. So I it always scares me. I'm surprised we've been as successful in OT as we have. Been. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there was a scary moment here where Pearson passed to Myers on what should have been a 
give me one timer, but Bennington got over for the save because Tyler Myers, not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did steal the uh, Calder trophy from uh, Jimmy Howard. Imagine a young, overhyped player stealing the Calder trophy <laughs> from an upstart goaltender. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> um, Jaden Schwartz, well, not really Jaden Schwartz. Honestly, this game ended uh, the, the only way it really could. Uh, and that's with a strong message to the city as a whole. Fuck you, Vancouver. I feel like she... That's right. She knew. Shit, goof. So, in one of the strangest, <laughs> strangest NHL goals you'll ever seen, you'll ever see the uh, Vancouver Canucks, who, though this play might not suggest it, are a young team on the rise. <laughs> Very <laughs> much on the rise. The goal is so stupid. <laughs> That's what three-on-three overtime is designed for, folks. These exciting high school plays. Oh, my God. (sighs) The entire Canucks team collapses near the trapezoid. They all fall over each other. (laughs) And our old bones get down the ice. Uh, Riley, or Shen, Schwartz, and Petrangelo. In what has become a three-on-0 breakaway. Imagine, you know, when a team defends three-on-five and they're just in that tight little triangle? Imagine that, but there's no other players and they're facing the goal trying to score. turned around. Uh, So they try, they pass it back and forth a few times. Finally, Schwartz gets it and just (laughs) notches it over um, Markstrom, who then liquidates his stick. Or liquefies yeah. a stick I, on the bar. And you. then gets a giant face full yeah. of snow from his ever-charging <laughs> back right there. I urge you to watch this. Watch, like, if you can find the replays, folks, I'm sure you can. Watch this again. So as they're skating down the ice, Markstrom then, like, amps himself up, <laughs> which I totally missed. He's just like, oh, no, here we go, here we go. He's moving, he's shaking. And then I wish they could cut out the goal and they could just cut to him breaking a stick. <laughs> because he's like, here he goes. He's like, okay, yeah, I got it. All right, three. All right, three. Oh, no, here we go, baby. Oh, fuck. And then he just breaks a stick. I would never have noticed him psyching himself oh, up. Oh, I love it. But he's absolutely dancing. It's like, oh, boy, oh boy. Here we go. Here Where we are they go. coming from? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Okay. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What did goalie coach tell us about this? What did they say in Pee Wee? Why do you do a three on oh, okay. oh boy. We run this drill in practice. All right. I'm going to think about it. Go back to like <laughs> 10 and it's coach is like, if it's three on no, you're fine. <laughs> like a sitcom scene where like everything freezes yeah. and he travels back in his mind. And the coach played by, uh, what's the, what's the old guy, um, who's in everything. The anchorman guy, Fred Willard. Yeah. Uh, it's like, um, yeah, if it's three on oh, you're fine. Right. <laughs> when he goes back and he's like, oh boy. That's right. When he gets scored on. Oh, <laughs> uh, John Kelly says it's three on zero. Oh, unbelievable, Shin. Three on zero. Oh, can they win it? They do. God, that I was. Uh, now it's hilarious. At the time, I was terrified. I was like, they are going to fuck oh. this up, and the season will be yeah. over. <laughs> no, I was asleep for this, and yeah. if I would have seen this live, I I would have stood up and been like, it's <laughs> fucked. We're fucked. We're gonna fuck up a three on zero. Oh. I know we are. Um, <coughs> but they didn't. Schwartz. Not netted it high, trying to 
I can't do it. I tried to sneeze and I failed. I failed at sneezing, much like Markstrom failed at saving this goal. How can you... Schwartz later said, I'm not even sure what happened. You don't see that too often. How can you be as upset as he is? I'm sorry. The more I look at it, the more it's like, it's because he psyched himself up. He's like, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to fucking stop this. I'm going to do it. And then he didn't. He's like, God damn it. You know, like, I think it sucks too because he can't... What he should do is just leave the net. He should just skate to the bench because there isn't a chance. There isn't a chance that they don't score on this. Because it's not like even some schmucks, you know? It's Shen Schwartz. Three real NHL stars. (laughs) And. Uh, but he can't do that because he has to look professional. So he has to look like he's trying. And then it's just the heat of the moment and feeling totally abandoned. Maybe Jacob Markstrom is a locker room cancer. Mm. Maybe that team hates him. He does get a face full of snow. <coughs> Somebody pointed that out. And I yeah. don't know. That's probably just everything is fucked at that point. But maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's a, what is this, 4-3 victory at the end mm-hmm. of the game? It's a 3-0 victory, really, is what it is. And the Blues win their fifth straight at this point. Um, Jordan Bennington had a long interview. You want to start with the Bennington-Calder conversation and then do our thing that we've been teasing, or vice versa? Was this three OTs in a row? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yesterday's was a normal that win. Was okay, interesting. Win. I'm um, sorry, your question. My thing That first. you just said. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So one of the things they talked about in commentary this game, which I thought was weird and feels very anti-2019 NHL, mm. was apparently Craig Berube emphasizes quality of opportunity over quantity of opportunity. Yes, yeah, I said that right. Quality over quantity. So they were talking about, like, he doesn't just want a barrage of shots at the net. Mm-hmm. You know, get pucks on net, get pucks in deep. The Ken Hitchcock, you've heard. Yeah, you've heard yeah. yeah the one that I hear <laughs> all the time. All the time. But he wants them to, like, find the good opportunities and, like, capitalize on them. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's one of the benefits of having a deep lineup is that all of your lines can afford to do that. Um, but do you think... The question I'm saying off that is, do you think that could be what's playing into especially some of these younger guys overpassing as much as they do? Because a guy like Robert Thomas, who maybe doesn't feel like he totally has his coach's confidence anyway, you know, we talked about Mm. that quote from Armstrong about how, you know, you're either in the group or you're not. You don't want to fall out of the group. Um do you think those guys could come down the ice, you know, there's already a tendency in younger players to not take the shot. Mm-hmm. But do you think those guys get to the two-on-oh breakaway and think, well, I can't take the shot, or the two-on-one, you know, or the two-on-half where a guy's streaking back, and they think, well, I can't take the shot because that might be a five-star opportunity, and I've only got a four-star opportunity, and so they pass up on the pass. I think for discuss with Ian. <laughs> that's what the notes uh, say. So I think for Robert Thomas, that could most certainly be the case because his his greatest strength, even though we want him to shoot, I mean, his greatest strength is passing. Uh-huh. And so I think if they're emphasizing, if Craig Bruby's emphasizing quality of scoring chance, he's like, well, shit, that plays right into my wheelhouse. I can increase the quality with my passing precision. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting because. It really is sort of a double-edged sword, I've always thought, when they talk about, oh, put pucks on net and good things happen. 
So just put, so you know, whenever you have the chance, put a puck on net. But I've also thought if you're doing that and not getting rebounds and not getting to the dirty areas to capitalize on getting the puck on net, you're really a just handing the puck over and b making the other team's goalie possibly depending on who they are. If you're a Yaroslav Halak, if I remember correctly, <laughs> if you see the puck all the time, uh, you're just zoned in now. You yeah. are locked in, and it's going to be hard to score. I think that was part of what they talked about is mm-hmm. that you know the other goalie sometimes will face more. You know, I wonder if this plays into our us not shooting the other team. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it does all build a web because <laughs> I can't remember the last time we got thirty shots. Yeah, I feel like we're even always though we've been going like to overtime 20s, a lot. It's yeah. Like, what was this game? 27. Yeah. So it does make sense. I don't I don't know that I hate it because of the quality of passers we have. Mm-hmm. But um it's interesting. It's very not NHL sounding, which is maybe good. Mm-hmm. Which is also because I feel like on our power play we're shooting a lot more, which I know is different. You know, uh-huh. he might be talking just five on five play, but like I feel like we're doing less of the pass, 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 and take one shot. And I feel like we're doing a lot more, mm-hmm. maybe two touches, three touches before we get a shot on that. So it's interesting to preach that because I think there's only so much of that you can remember as a player when you're like actively playing. Yeah, probably Like the puck true. is on my stick and I am here, so I'm, I'm going to shoot because it happens. About, yeah, what Craig Brewer But I think for sure maybe when you're setting up a play or you're doing the thing where, I, I mean, we've seen a couple of times, like you mentioned, guys pull up and you're like shit dude you're like have a you know a one-on-one a one on the half a guy maybe you can yeah. blow by them and they're thinking that's not going to be good enough and they do they wait for someone else to come in i don't know yeah that could play into just that. interesting just to think about huh. uh what's not interesting was last year's calder trophy race because it was cut and dried in um for Fair record, before we get into this, Elias Pettersson probably should have won the Calder Trophy last yeah. year. I'm willing to say that. Jordan Bennington made some comments after the game about the face-off with his Calder Trophy vanquisher. And he said, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that's over with. But yeah, you know, agree with it or not, it's over with and we're going to continue to go at it. And you know, it's a lot of fun. He's a skill player and they've got a great young team. He, he talks about persistence a lot again. He clearly, and I think he might have had an even more like, yeah, I, I wanted to win the award or, mm. you know, like I felt like I deserved it kind of quote with, you know, Jim Thomas or somebody. But he clearly didn't feel great about not winning the Calder Trophy. And he got a couple of opportunities one-on-one against Pedersen that game and won all of them. And stoned him a couple of times, staring straight into, I can only assume, his soul. He's Swedish. <laughs> he may not have a soul, but theoretically. The, where the place dark, where his soul should be. The where his soul yeah. should be. Um, this sparked outrage? Oh. Well, on in the internet, Vancouver. of course, yes. Outrage. Um, not not by Vancouver hockey standards, very mild outrage. Yeah, there I don't was think no even a single rioting. car was set on fire. But um, I just don't. To, I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it doesn't bother me because he's my player. But like, mm. shouldn't the second 
in the Calder voting wanted to have won. Mm-hmm. This is this weird thing, and the hockey does this more than any other sport. Baseball does it a lot too, where it's like we want our we want our players to have personality, and then the second one of them shows the personality, they're like not that yeah. kind of a personality, and it's just like you can't have it both ways, guys. Jordan <laughs> Bennington, you know, should be. <clears throat> good for this league mm-hmm. he's a great story in his own right and then he's yeah a little cocky a little arrogant a little i would see how other teams would think he was very unlikable i have no trouble mm-hmm. embracing that but that should be good for the it's good to have people to hate you know i hate brad marchand but it's partially because he's very very good at hockey mm-hmm. i hate brad marchand in a way that I would never hate, like, Todd Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. You know, because Todd Bertuzzi was just a goon. I mean, he was a worse person, maybe. <laughs> I like um, you, yeah, from what we can tell, a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you hate you hate Brad Marchand because you ain't Brad Marchand, kind of. And, like, I don't know. I just kind of, like, Bennington won the trophy that mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the big trophy, the team trophy, and and when when they look back on their careers, if Bennington has one or multiple of those, and you know, Pedersen has a a Calder and a couple of Hearts, but none of those, I know which career I'd rather have <laughs> had. At least you know, as a fan, I don't, I can't speak for Jordan Bennington, but um, I don't know your thoughts on that whole situation. It's kind of along the Robbie Fabry quotes and everything, where it's like Jordan Bennington. We already knew was a competitive guy, and all these guys are professional athletes. So while they probably would have choked back those words because it's hockey, like you said, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, um, just glad to be here," and you know, he's a deserving winner and everything. It is sometimes like, "Yeah, dude, I thought I deserved to win. I believe in myself," and it's not like you said anything like. I, you know, you can say you think you deserve to win without also saying, like, and I think the other guy's crap or yeah. whatever, and he doesn't say anything like that. He said he's a great young player or whatever, yeah. you know, and I saw some guy, one of the Canucks fans, say, well, Pedersen missed 20 games. Think how much better he would have been. And also, Bennington didn't play enough games, which, for anyone keeping track at home, is the opposite argument mm-hmm. to make two different points. Patterson didn't have enough games, and that's a good thing for his credentials. But Bennington didn't have enough games, and that's a bad thing for his credentials. Also, it's really hard to when it's like it's not left winger versus right winger. Right. It's a winger or a center. Is he a center? <coughs> a forward against a goalie. Yeah, like those are just hard to compare. Yeah, and you can't. And look, Patterson deserved to win it. Mm-hmm. Bennington got the other hardware that counts, and I'm not saying the Calder Trophy doesn't count. It's great. I mean, it's a historic yeah, award Chapman won by is the, the like Calder of Trophy. Tyler Myers and Barrett Jackman. Damn it, you beat me to it. But um, <clears throat> they they have it. Did Besser win the Calder? Do they have three Calder Trophy winners on that team? Did Be- was Besser the same year as Barzil? Yeah, and I think Barzil won it. To Barzil. Crazy bees. Floatzel and Barzel and they all evolve into each other. Yeah, well, you know what, Steven? They're not going to be in the new Pokemon game. Gigantamax Barzel! Fuck Sword and Shield. Fuck them. We got time for that rant (coughs) on our two-goal week, two-game week. You're right, you're right, you're right. Stay tuned next week for when I rant about Pokemon. (laughs) I want to check the numbers. I want to see how low they are. Sword and Shield. 
Uh, the Blues did have 43.69. Ooh, nice. Of the Corsi. Uh, and they took a lot of shots. They got a good heat map trend going lately. Not so much on their end of the ice, um, but on ours. Or sorry, not so much on the defensive end, <laughs> but on the offensive end. So that was the end of that controversy. We can move on. Uh, the Blues played the Edmonton Oilers in what at that point was a showdown of first and second in the Western Conference. We were first. They were second. We remain first. I don't know if they were. Really <laughs> I was second. like, they are, are still behind still us. Second, but they're still behind us. Uh, Mike Smith faced Jake Allen. What could go wrong? This, apparently. Uh, Jake Allen... I lost my mind. For for a period, I, I wasn't watching this game live. I couldn't. My brother was over. We were watching other stuff and having a grand old time. It was great. But um, I lost my I legitimately lost my mind. He can attest. I yelled at him. He's not like, he's a hockey fan, but he's not like, you know, live and die by the blues which, because he's a sane person. <laughs> but um, I lost my mind. I was so angry, and I calmed down, and we're good now, and I'm not going to go on the ramp, but this you can't, This is not an NHL goal. <coughs> this can't be an NHL goal ever, and I saw them? some people arguing, but it's Connor McDavid shooting it. I don't care. I don't care. He didn't He didn't do anything on that goal yeah, what part that of, I couldn't have done. I was like, what part of that goal is like, that was Connor McDavid, yeah. baby? I mean... None of it. None no, of it. No. The only argument for it was Connor McDavid shooting it is... Alan got in his own head because it was Connor McDavid mm-hmm. and made a bad play, which is kind of my argument, not yours. So <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go down that. Is this road, is but. this the reverse VH I'm looking yes, at here? Yes, that is the reverse VH, and that's part of the reason that um, Darren Pang hates it. Although to be fair, the goal that he allowed is the one that the reverse VH should prevent, uh, because your pat pad should be flat along the ice which is clearly is not because it goes under that and also under the stick it's just you can't you can no part of this is acceptable yeah the attempt to save is pretty pretty he's gnarly. not he's not square to the shooter he's also not square to the ice and it just goes through he does seem very surprised and that he shot like, underneath him and then they were like what you know slobbing all over him because of the goal he ultimately, he'd ultimately made a lot of saves, but uh, it's just like, I don't know how you can see this goal in a game and be like, good performance. I mean, it was fine by his standards. I was going to say, for a Jake, for and us. And I think that's the sad thing about it. It's like, yeah, by his standards. I'd say it was un, uncharacteristically unshaky after this. Yes. So I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Fortunately, the Blues got their own power play goal a few minutes later. Jaden Schwartz picks up where he left off um, with his third goal of the season. He scores them in bunches, that lad. Um, Petrangelo got a seventh goal, seventh, seventh assist. Is that what they're called? Apple. His seventh Ew. apple. Uh, and David Perron got his ninth. Petrangelo got a shot from the point that Schwartz deftly deflected into the net. Mike Smith. I mean, deflections, you can't stop, but also he's not good. Um, they got another power play goal. <laughs> Bernie would agree. About a period later, 7.09 in the second, Alex Petrangelo's sixth goal of the season. Uh, it's like the same goal, but no one tipped it this time. Petrangelo, who I think got credited with the first goal for a long time, mm-hmm. um, does get this one. He blocks a shot and is yelling in pain on the bench, but then a little later he's scoring on a one-timer for Mo Riley. So, um He's a stud. 
he please sign him. Yeah. I honestly We're thought the to... surprise news uh, from last night when I saw tweets coming in was not a Robbie Fabry trade, but that we announced at uh... 11 at night that we had <laughs> extended Petrangelo. Seven years, $4 million. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if it just didn't make sense? You're just like... I'd be, honestly... I'd be happy, and then I'd be scared. Yeah. I'm like, is this because the league is folding? The shoe is going to drop. Like, Adam Armstrong knows. He's like, oh, yeah, surprise lockout next year, everyone. You didn't <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Not even legal, but they're still going to do it. Robert Thomas bookends our podcast with two goals of his own, uh, and they were seven years apart, <laughs> and the podcast was seven years long. Uh, his third goal of the season, Falk entered the zones, passed off to Schwartz, Schwartz dropped to Thomas, and goodness gracious, he actually snipes it, because he's good at hockey, he's real good at hockey. And then that just giant cow, Alex Chason, steps on Alex Steen's ankle, and we all have a good cry. His uh, foot um, was going a different direction than it should have. His foot was loose, but not in the foot. <laughs> Um, this they, is why they banned dancing. That's right. They I'm with the parents. They didn't ban broccoli. Uh, um, <laughs> in any case, uh, the third period started. Alan had a really nice glove save getting over on a somebody shot. I think it might have been Chase on. Because mm. Chase on and Cassian are interchangeable to me, and then Cassian scored, so I think it's Chase on the first time. Because I felt like that was vengeance for the earlier thing, but it wasn't because they're different people. <laughs> anyway, Zach Cassian gets narrows the lead to one. Uh, with his fourth goal of the season, 11 minutes left into the period, he just sniped it over uh, Allen. Um, I didn't know Zach Cassian could snipe it, but he did, and it was a very good goal, and I'm not going to blame Allen. Um, although I sure would like to. Because <laughs> he's uh, trying, folks. He's really trying. <laughs> and then Shin had a delay of game over the glass with 2.30 left, and you're just like, oh boy, so overtime for a fourth <laughs> night in a row. God, I thought so uh, for sure. But with 59 seconds left, Tyler Bozak got a ridiculous uh, empty net goal that was a queering attempt that basically 180 into the net, more or less. Uh, Craig Bruby said he put some English on it. He's a good golfer, so it could have been a little bit of a golf shot. I don't think so, but... So, (laughs) is Dougie Hamilton possibly the only person that doesn't just golf? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, they all... all... He's golf. A bad, he's a bad person, so he doesn't golf. And maybe fish or whatever. You know, the ones that are from the middle part of the country. They all do that stuff. That but friggin' uh, Sturgeon? Mm-hmm. Jared Sturgeon <laughs> that Alan and Falk got? That was pretty impressive. You know what, to I be assume. fair, I, I will not make fun of that as being stereotypical because that actually is something other than golf, and I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. But they're always like, oh yeah, they golf. I'm like, yeah, I know they fucking golf. <laughs> Might as well be like, well, yeah, he's really big. He's really fond of drinking water. It's so Steven. boring too, because golf feels like the sport that's basically hockey. Yeah. it's like grass hockey. You know, it's not. I get how they're very there's, different. There's also field also hockey. The same. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, God, could you be any just like milk toast? Mm. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tyler. I'm sorry. You've scored a great goal. Ivan Barbashev has <laughs> never had milk toast. But he prefers borscht, I assume, <laughs> based on certain uh, cultural stereotypes. <laughs> and honestly, a good deal of evidence from other NHL players. Uh, he scores another empty net goal to make this appear to be a 5-2. to two, Well, not appear to be. It was a 5-2 to two game. But appear to be a lopsided victory uh, when, in fact, it was a very close game. We had 48.7% of the Corsi. Um, 
does it show when it does this all goals thing does it show i guess it doesn't show bozak's goal from the other end although that would be awesome if it did um but in any case oh i see what you're saying no um, no i don't think so the boys are on a six game win streak they um won three of the last four in overtime but they won them and none of them were division opponents so you don't even have to really regret the yeah the helper point um oh minnesota no, you were right. No, you were right. In, you were exactly right in what you said. My mistake. No, we played no division opponents. That would that would uh, make you think there was like you know a rivalry going on, or we had to worry about yeah, something. We played a division lesser, but um, it was a, it was a good week. Jake Allen had an interview. I don't feel like reading his quotes. Uh, he did say this was a good quote about. Um, Pareko and Bowmeister said, "Those two, they're almost irreplaceable. To be honest, thanks. They need to sign contracts. So that's just great." <laughs> God damn it, Jake! <laughs> Selfish as always, Jake. See, I told you I'd get him. <laughs> they're that good of a tandem. Great guys as well. I think sometimes you see the opposition get a little frustrated because they're not used to playing against two big trees like that. <laughs> they can skate like the wind, and then I've got sticks that are as good as gold. This dude should be an analyst. Yeah. Um, they had hard. They play hard every single night, and they bring it. They mean an enormous amount to our group, and they do a great job. It's also always almost off-putting in hockey where it's like, wait, wait, he's saying something real. Yeah. He's actually saying something. That's like a real thing that wasn't just like pucks and deep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he talked about, you know, having the flu and only getting, what was this, his fourth game? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, it's been a different month and a half for me. And I'm trying to build each time I get out in the net. To be honest, in my first couple of games, I haven't had a whole lot of work, so I'm glad I got some action. Maybe he's Yaroslav Halak. Uh. Just pepper him with 50 shots and he's fine. Minnesota Wilds there. That's like it I don't know if any of you remember that. It happened. Um, Craig Berube said some stuff. He doesn't like interviews with the media. <laughs> he said, I was impressed with our energy tonight. I thought that we had a really good puck movement in the first period. Our energy was really good. We roll everybody and use everybody in our lineup. I think that has a lot to do with back-to-back games, winning back-to-back games. We're fresh, or at least fresher than we could be. And then on Petrangelo, he said, he's a steady guy for us, night in, night out. He does a lot of good things. I've said this before. There's not many better both ends of the ice. Um, so, yeah, any any final thoughts on a, on a week that saw four victories against, I would say, not especially, well, the second half was pretty good. Teams. I mean, Vancouver and Edmonton yeah. were top of the Pacific, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, no, 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 that's a big, that's a big road trip getting all those mm-hmm. points especially on back to I'm back. I'm surprised I mean I'm not surprised after seeing all our power play goals but I'm surprised excuse me that our power play is 25.9 percent we're yeah, fourth in the league right yeah but I think you I think you're right to point out that they're you know shooting more and, and playing they're they're making crisp passes now mm. um our penalty kill was not good last I checked no, still, I, still bad. You're giving I, me the poopy ass. Yeah, so. I believe we are in 16th at, what is that, 80, 80%, 80.8. Yikes. 
but that's over the weird fun little combined thing where they say you should try and have your power play percentage and your pk percentage be over 100 percent, even though you're not really adding them together yeah that somehow adds up to like at least that's good <laughs> it's pdo but that's also not what pdo is at yeah all. exactly um the blues play calgary on saturday at let's predict PM. a loss When's our it next feels loss? Feels like maybe then, just like weirdly, like that's your off game. Cam Talbot will stone you. Oh yeah, the weird. We beat the two better teams in the yeah. Pacific, and then we play the team that should be good in the Pacific but isn't. So they beat us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Calgary, Arizona, Columbus, Anaheim, Tampa Bay, Calgary. I don't, our next six. I don't think the schedule is helping us with like. Determining t- what this team what, is. Or no, like what time has passed. Because we're playing a lot of we must have. teams like one week and then we play them exactly again the next yeah, week. Yeah, we must have also like just <coughs> crazy backloaded division games. Yeah, I mean we, we touched Predators twice Nashville, at the end of the yeah. But if we, we haven't played... But yeah. We played Dallas once. We've played Minnesota twice. We haven't touched Chicago yet. Yeah, Chicago's not till December. I don't know why they can't spread Chicago games out. It's always... It's always either at the start of the season or the end lately. But. Have we played the Jets at all? I don't think so. I don't. I feel like we have. No, because I remember talking about yeah. their defense. We played the Abs once. Yeah. No. Is that everybody? That's everybody. That's everybody. I know. I'm like Buffalo Sabers. Have I forgotten the <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> Sabers? Arizona Coyotes aren't there yet. Yeah, it's like yeah, um, that's a division preview. So we've won six games. Mm-hmm. Our next six are at Calgary. Long break, Arizona, long break, Columbus, at, and at Columbus hosting Anaheim, back-to-back, hosting Tampa Bay, and hosting Calgary. Do we break the 11-game winning streak in? <laughs> that'd be, that'd I mean, I don't fun. think we will, but it's a very winnable stretch of games. Yeah, surprisingly so, especially given the fact that, like, Calgary won their division last uh, year, and Tampa Bay was a President's Trophy yeah. winning team. But I could Tampa Bay we handled last year, and they're very much worse this year. So. Mm-hmm. I could see us at least going four and two. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like we talked about having one of the worst schedules this month, and it's funny because I feel like we're already through a lot of that mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like we had our we had two of our four back-to-backs and won all of those games and then you know that was like now the month is just like a kind of normal month mm-hmm. like we knocked out half of the hard part um so yeah it's good this is it's all good this good <coughs> stuff good that good good do you have anything else to add before we get out of here good excellent <laughs> so we will record next week probably on thursday that's the mm-hmm. assumption we talked about there's only two games. We'll figure it out. There's a lot of extra content. Assume Thursday, after that giant Dylan Larkin trade, um, we'll want to record as soon as possible anyway. <laughs> so uh, until then, uh, a fond farewell and a best of luck to Robbie Fabry, a get well soon to Alex Steen, mm-hmm. and a good night to all of you lovely people. Good night. <laughs> i